Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now. Well, it's a really big opportunity for Noah and myself here today as we get to talk to the brother of all Ivy League squash star at Penn University, Nick Spaziri. Um, We get to talk to his brother, Elliot, here, who also has played college tennis for a few years. Uh, How does it it feel to be the twin of somebody who's so talented at the sport of squash? Second best athlete, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've gone we've gone back and forth on that quite a bit in our lives. Um, funny enough, we actually both we both started playing a lot of tennis together and met in a couple like club country club championship finals and ended uh, pretty poorly for one of us each time. <laughs> uh, broken rackets, crying tantrums, and so um, my parents were pretty adamant about us not playing each other and hopefully choosing different sports and. Yeah, he shows he shows squash and he's excelled a ton and inspires me and I'm yeah I'm excited I just saw that I guess you you saw my post you're pretty you're keeping up to date that <laughs> Mike he, is uh, on top of it yeah yeah he, uh, yeah he's all Ivy and he's had a good season and I'm hoping they uh, they do well at nationals yeah you're I mean how many years are you in school at this point I, I feel like when I talk to I mean you're one generation below me but when I talk to guys from your age I mean it's like you're 12 years deep at this point right I mean that's yeah. what it's got to feel like. Uh, yeah, it feels like I've been here for a while. Uh, I guess, so I came to to college a semester early. I finished, I was online, finished uh, Laurel Springs. Laurel Springs, Dece- I was going to guess. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> December, December 2019, actually December 31st on a train in New York City, uh, 2019. And then was in college like January 7th. Uh, and I guess I just extended my degree out four and a half years, so. Uh, yeah, this is my last ride, and uh, it, it, I definitely feel mature and older than some of these guys. But uh, no, it's it's been the absolute best time of my life. So, but going to that that college decision, where did Texas come from? You know, you know, being a kind of a, a New York boy, where that Texas feel did that matter? What was the initial thoughts going into and picking your school? Um, a lot of it was surrounded around the culture of the team and the guys that I knew I was going to be around. Uh, I think sometimes a lot of kids take visits and uh, it might be an amazing team there now, but you got to see who's coming in. You got to see like players that the coach has developed and this and that. And one of the biggest reasons I was interested in Texas was because uh, former assistant Brandon Wagner, who's now the head coach at Clemson took the job 
as assistant under Bruce. And he had worked with Adam Neff in, uh, as a junior. And Adam was my doubles partner. So I had a really good relationship with him uh, going in. And, uh, you know, I I just felt really confident about his work ethic, Bruce's work ethic. And uh, lucky enough, when I came on my visit, uh, a bunch of the guys that were here and going to be sort of part of my class uh, were guys that I had already been friends with uh, from juniors. And uh, ended up being such a such a good uh, turnout. And um, yeah, no, I, I think that was those were kind of the two biggest reasons. But uh, I also loved Austin as well, and it was kind of fun to sort of start something new a little bit farther from home. Not that I don't like home. I actually like love coming home, uh, so it's cool to be back in New York City. But, um, yeah, no, I think the the coaching and, and the culture of the team was the biggest reason. Um, Elliot, you, you at multiple like times – but you know, Yeah, okay, yep. Sorry, I, it's my internet here in Harlem apparently is just absolute trash, um, but we'll try to power through. There, there have been multiple times, um, Elliot, where you could have gone pro um, and, and probably one of them was as a junior, right? You could have you could have just gone pro instead of instead of going the college route. Why? Why then? And also kind of walk us through your decision last year as to why to come back to Austin this year. We're giving Mike one more chance after this, and then we kick him out. Don't worry. Okay, yes, multiple times. Junior career, obviously, was really good. And then going to school, you know, getting to 600 in the world. I mean, what did that decision, was there ever kind of a choice of, like, am I going to play professional tennis now? Or what What were those initial feelings? I thought it was sort of, I guess when I was really young, I kind of always had college tennis in the back of my head. Uh and then when results started to get a little better, sort of through the ITFs and in some, you know, the U.S. national tournaments, I, I sort of realigned my goals and I was like, shoot, let's let's shoot to be a pro tennis player as soon as possible. And I know that's my dream. So, um, you know, why, why, you know, sell yourself short and just think college tennis. And then uh, I feel like what happened was, oh, God, a little feedback here. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, so when I got to senior year, um, I guess, I mean, I was 20 ITF, you guys, and I, I had some good results, but I wouldn't say I was even close to ready to turn pro. That wasn't really a decision at that point. I was shooting to turn pro, but my coach and I were like, okay, once we get to the point where we have to make a decision on college or professional, um, we'll you know we'll look at it then, but we're not going to focus on it before then. And I, I felt like once the time came, I wasn't, I wasn't near where I feel like I should have been if I was was going to turn pro and turn down a college experience. So um, I went out of high school, definitely not. And then I guess this last year, I was pretty close to, to turning pro. Um, one day I, I thought, you know, I'm going to, and then the next day I didn't. And uh, it just came down to talking with coach and figuring out uh, kind of logistics coming back for this last year. And also uh, I felt like we had a lot of unfinished business as a team. And this is really like when I think about it, the most joy I've ever had on a tennis court is college tennis with these guys. And they're, I never really feel like rushed to be a professional. Uh, I know that if my level improves and my level's good enough, I'll get to where I want to go. And, you know, my dreams will come true as a pro tennis player. But uh, I'm not necessarily in a rush to do that. Uh, I think that'll just the course of my career will play out however it does. But all I know is I love competing for this team and love the guys. And I think I'm going to try to maximize that time. And also I've had some, some big injury stuff with my wrists the last couple of years. And 
uh, I felt like, you know, why not get another season of playing top college players and uh, hopefully try to win a national championship. And um, that'll just help me, I think, prepare prepare me more for whatever challenges you face on the pro tour. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely a tough decision this past year. But uh, it came down to me feeling like college tennis and, and playing for this team was what I wanted to do. And uh, I know I'm confident we, we can do what we want to do this year. So we're going to go and we're going to go after it and see how it goes. Again, I apologize for my internet issues. Uh, I think I've got it He's sorted alive. now. I've just had yeah. to change to a phone. Um, Bruce Burke is somebody I've known for 20 plus years, uh, Elliot, and he is about as detail oriented um, of a coach as I've ever met um, in any sport. Um, that can come, you know, obviously it, it, he will be very detail oriented with your game. Um, that also, especially uh, in today's culture, can be very difficult for a lot of young people to contend with when it's that many details. Um, what's that relationship been like for you with Bruce over these last few years? Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, I sort of knew I made sure to make my college decision uh, or like take my time, talk to former players, talk to current players and and really do my due diligence. Uh, and so I knew what I was getting into with Bruce, meaning. Uh, I knew he was going to be the hardest working coach in the country. I knew he was going to be super organized and take care of everything from, you know, when we arrive to the courts to when we're starting to grip rackets to when we're having the team meeting to <laughs> when we start stretching. And so I I actually kind of love that part of him because I'm so I have OCD and like I'm a very <laughs> organized guy. And I think that helps relieve some stress for me. And when I know that Bruce is always on top of things like, I can kind of calm down and, and just be me and, and relax. And so I think, of course, at times, like, it's tough when someone tells someone's so detail oriented that they're kind of getting into the nitty gritty and looking at some and maybe your, your insecurities or things that you don't like, you don't want to hear. But I think uh, Bruce does everything out of the, you know, love, love his heart. And he's, he's just trying to make us better. And I think he is giving us the absolute best chance to, to reach our goals as individuals and as a team. And so um, the the fact that he's so organized is, is such a bonus. And I think all the guys on the team would really, would say they really appreciate it uh, because it also just kind of prepares us for life after tennis. I mean, he, you can see how he organizes things. And I know when we have exams and, and you have matches and you have personal problems, girls, who knows, um, he he shows us the way and how to structure it, and so I think uh, it'll pay off in the long run. And certainly, as as a player under him, uh, it's it makes life pretty easy. I was his dog sitter when he was at Illinois. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he told he, me that. He told me that. Yeah, he would give me a a one sheet, like an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. He had two dogs, and the entire sheet was filled out back and front. And you know his handwriting, Elliot. It is like the smallest little handwriting, right? Entire page, back and front with instructions for Kona. And I can't remember the other dogs. That name, is, yeah. So that's, that's yeah. Bruce. That's, that's too funny. <laughs> I mean, it's the same uh, like when recruits come. I came on a visit and literally by the minute you have an itinerary. And yep. I thought it was like, I was like, wow, like no coaches this organized. No one's preparing like this. and. 
Um, but, you know, there's a reason for that. And it's because he cares. So, yeah, he certainly cares about his dogs, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he yeah, does. It's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I want to go into the uh, the team environment a bit. You know, I travel when I took some time off from tennis. I travel with some juniors. And, I, you know, some of them may have <laughs> different opinions of where their tennis can be. And, you know, they want to go pro tomorrow kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, you touched on it a bit of how, you know, it's been some of the most fun you've had on a tennis court. But, like, you have national indoors. That's why you're back in New York right now. Like, talk about the excitement of, like, preparing as a team, having that atmosphere, you know, just getting prepped. And you've obviously played Futures as well and kind of comparing, you know, the two – oh, sorry. <laughs> comparing the two situations um, and why, if you had a chance, you probably would play, you know, that team atmosphere for the rest of your life. Yeah. I guess playing tennis for so long, everything's sort of about you. You kind of become a little bit selfish with, you know, the way you prepare and your game and because you win or lose uh, on, you know, the pro circuit and it's just all on you and uh, it's not easy. But I think I just fell in love with the team aspect of it, Um, sort of being a part of something bigger than yourself and trying to get a group of guys toward you know trying to work as hard as you can towards a unified goal is there's something so exciting and I think it gives me such a like rush to to be a part of that and kind of feel the momentum that we can create as a team and um I know we have uh like a little bit of a chip on our shoulder because last year obviously we lost in the final to TCU and uh you know preparing for this I can just feel it in in the last two weeks of practice and everyone was super excited to go to New York and uh, I don't think we're going to do much sightseeing and and all that. Uh, I think the excitement is going to come mostly on the court. Uh, But yeah, I I think just trying to get a group of guys in the best headspace possible, playing the best tennis uh, as clear headed um, and all kind of working towards the same thing is, is just, there's something different about it. And uh, the camaraderie is, uh, like something that I've had never experienced. And I say this, uh, I've said this before, and I think this is probably the biggest reason why uh, it's so fun is I, I genuinely don't, I never seen a college tennis team in any sport, uh, talking to friends and, or just, you know, being around the, the game uh, that is as close as ours. And I think that's why it makes this so fun. Uh, you know, from, top to bottom we are like legitimately best friends and we'll stay in touch for the rest of our life so uh to to have this one last ride with especially our group of seniors that we have is um like a dream come true in itself and so we're just trying to enjoy it i don't want to speak for noah but i think it's best if i do um but so noah has been upfront in our podcast over the years um elliot about how there have been times where he's really missed that team environment when he gets to that when he's gotten to that professional level and you obviously with the accelerator program which i want to talk about here in in a couple minutes but you obviously had good opportunities last summer how how did you adapt to that individual individual side and how are you going to be approaching it come may when you are fully out there uh, full time yeah i mean first of all amazing initiative from the ITA uh, that they've done a terrific job providing college players with the opportunity to play some more challengers and just accelerate the process of trying to become a pro and, and reach our goals. But so I was extremely grateful for that. Um, 
Agree. Totally agree with Noah. Obviously it was, I remember feeling kind of weird, uh, the first couple matches, even in individuals and then, uh, through the summer and, and some of the challengers and, and stuff. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it feels almost a little lonely out there because you're so used to having a band of brothers that are kind of pumping you up. And I feel like it's, it's easier for me to get down on myself or get negative and, and kind of get in my own head when I'm just out there alone. And I'm so much more accountable when I have a team around me. So that was something that I struggled with a little bit. The summer was one, putting too much pressure on myself. Like every one of those challenger wild cards, I wanted to maximize so much. And it's like, you know, I want to have a breakout. And you see all these other college guys having breakouts and you're like, you know, this is, I got to do this now. Um, And so for me, it was a huge uh, learning lesson or, you know, a huge time where I feel like I I grew as a person and a player, but I I chose to travel sort of alone for a lot of them, which (laughs) I'm not going to do that again. Uh, It was some rough times. Um, But I also just learned that I, you know, about putting pressure on myself and sort of what that crippling fear of failure can do to your game. And so uh, I feel like it's, it's helped me a lot. And I think I'm going to be much more clear-headed and have a better perspective on um, how to handle myself as a pro player, given those opportunities or any opportunity in the future. Um, and especially when I try to embark on this journey in May. So uh, yeah, it, it was, it was amazing to have those opportunities. Uh, but I think, you know, I put probably a lot, a lot of pressure or unnecessary pressure on myself with some of those opportunities that I, um, that I wish I didn't, but you know, we're all human and I'll grow from it. And uh, hopefully next time around, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do better. You can tell me if I'm wrong and I don't know about Texas specifically, but like, I remember the first time I played futures, you know, 15, 16, you know, you had everybody on their own and, and there's definitely a decent amount of that still in the pros, but like seeing a lot of guys now try to build that like college atmosphere a bit, you know, within <laughs> professional tennis and, you know, you know, we were just talking Shout about Maloney. Pressy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, you know, there's, there's parts of that, whether it's, you know, traveling with a bunch of guys or, you know, rooming together, making sure the schedule is aligned. Are you finding that? Are you trying to do that with some of the guys on your team or elsewhere? What has that been like as you're kind of prepping as much as you don't want is, to, but prepping for Is that? it going to be Alex Banchilla who goes on the road with you? <laughs> it might be. Uh, there's, yeah, a couple of our guys are actually sort of creating that uh, in Florida. I haven't necessarily made my decision yet, but um i this that's a tough question like i I do want to do it i'm obviously only have one chance at trying to be a professional tennis player and i I do want to do it uh a very serious way uh and i think having the right people around you is, is really important and i think my teammates would be phenomenal and hopefully we can make that work but logistically we're based on where everyone lives and different coaching it's it's hard because, um, you know, obviously I, I want to dedicate, I want to have a coach and who's my personal coach and someone that's going to travel with me whenever I need to and, and be on my court whenever I can or whenever I'm playing. So I think it's hard to sort of create that atmosphere uh, and do it 100%. Like I've had a lot of people say that, you know, to, to make it as a top pro, you need a great team and you need to sort of pour everything into it. And I'm, I'm not gonna shy away from that because i want you know some sort of huge camaraderie or like team aspect to it so of course i'd like to be around my friends and 
hopefully that happens. But uh, I do, I'm not scared to pour, like be sort of independent and have sort of my own team and build that because uh, I think you can sort of get carried away if you're not necessarily, if you, you know, if you have a group that's not, everyone's kind of doing different things and everyone's kind of excelling at different levels. So of course it's going to be great. I think we have such a great group of college tennis players that are going to push each other, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think we should all like, you know, live and train together. Um, (laughs) I'm, I love being home. And so this is where I feel like I can recharge my batteries and other people have different spots. So I, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be living with my teammates, uh, which would be fun, but I also think, um, you know, it's like, I got to treat it like a job and, you know, you don't, most people that work very serious jobs don't just feel like they can, they're going and hanging out with friends all day. So, uh, I'm going to make, try to make it as fun as possible, but like, I'll be very serious about how I, you know, treat my professional career. I wanted to talk a little bit about the accelerator program, uh, with the ITA because of the fact that we have, uh, you know, Noah's a, a college veteran of, I think like three months in college, but you know, uh, I'm really, you really can happy tell your from, service is better now. Thank you, you can, so much. You can tell from it. listening to him that he's, you know, so eloquent. Um, but so he comes in from more of a veteran and, and obviously as he's coming back, Elliot, you know, he's going to be in that, that range where he's going to be looking to try to sneak into some challengers this summer. At the same time, guys like yourself and, and several other college stars will be using that, you know, accelerator program to get into some challengers. And, um, I guess for, for both of you, how, how do you kind of contend with, with that thought process? Is it just, that's just how it is? Uh, Noah, I, I guess I'd like to. If your... I wish him complete failure in his <laughs> tennis career, cause it's, it's, I do. I do. I don't want <laughs> that's him to per- succeed. But that's personal. You know that. <laughs> that is. That is just on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't have two New Yorkers playing okay tennis. <laughs> yeah, Elliot, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of like, it just reminded me of like the NIL thing. Uh, mm. You know, would Johnny Manziel or, you know, Reggie Bush would have loved to make like, you know, who knows, $30 million a year as a as a college football player. Johnny did okay. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, he he had some under <laughs> the table stuff. He, he did okay. Um, he, he had his but own yes. ways. Yes. But, uh, I think it's just, you know, lucky enough, we have people that are sort of pushing the initiative. And uh, I think college tennis and the, le- the level is growing. Not that the level wasn't phenomenal when Noah, Noah was playing, because it definitely was. But of course, um, because of, you know, generation like Noah's, I think, uh, it showed people that college tennis players are so capable of playing at the top professional level. And uh, they we've been lucky enough to have people that have kind of made those moves and given us those opportunities. So I, I kind of feel like bad sometimes when I, when I see that. Uh, but also, like, I'm so happy for everyone in college tennis. So uh, I think ultimately it's let the best man win and uh, I think if you have the level you'll make it one way or another it might just take a little longer or not uh, depending on some some people are granted you know better opportunities than others but yeah. um, I'm hoping no and I can make a push together that's that's all I'm saying <laughs> um, the accelerator I actually love the accelerator program I'm not like that jealous necessarily of it I think because of how many kids I feel like and parents that I have to talk to and persuade to play college tennis like this is a way to be like hey like look what could happen Mm -hmm. you know like you can have an easy route to play you're not missing out here's a skipping levels necessarily like if you're at that level 
and you get, I forgot, I don't know the numbers exactly, like I say, eight challengers. I mean, that that's a decent amount. Like if you are there, you are ready to play. Like you can find yourself at 350, 250 in the world, like not that easily, but you could put some real time in with eight challengers. Um, I think the NIL one is the one that kind of haunts me a little bit at night. Like, you know, and I don't know what I would have done necessarily. And I, I just hear some of these kids not choosing a top five school and, you know, going to play at a large football school because that's where the dollars are coming in. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't come from, you know, that much money. So like if we had a conversation where, especially after they took away my US Open money right before I went to school and a school saying, hey, like we can give you 75K a year yeah. and you, or 100K a year and you can come out of school with 400 grand in your pocket. Like that's tough to turn like i don't know how i would say no to that you know and and especially and i don't know if i wouldn't have gone to wake necessarily or would i have dropped i don't know like that that is that's one that i put myself and say hey you have half a million on the table you say no to that i don't know that you actually went to wake really i mean just (laughs) you 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 went to the tennis courts did i say thank you i'm so glad your service is working again yeah yeah no no worries Um, listen we've we've got to get elliot he's got dinner coming up and i've I've, i'm actually calling his match tomorrow solo so um i've got that to deal with uh, tomorrow that's going to be a thing but this is going to (laughs) be this is going to be released after that but um i first off i wanted to make sure i mentioned the the really the parallels between your two careers i mean both of you grand slam champions as juniors and and both of you and and uh, one and, in one in doubles, I think one in singles. I mean, Can you please distinguish that? No, no I, I refuse. There's, there's a Listen, difference. Well, Elliot, a, a it's it still means something, and B Mike wants to take any credit away from me at any point if <laughs> possible. So that this is great, Elliot. It's it, listen. He only had to beat Kozlov. So I mean, it's like. <laughs> Is it really that hard? Really? I mean, I, I hope you get a text from the whole family after this. I hope you get a Kozlov family text on, from that. On top of it, um, <laughs> listen, Elliot, you, you obviously a finalist last year uh, in NCAAs. Noah, also a finalist to the uh, legendary and now top 25 Ryan Shane. Um, again, so you've got- again, doubles and singles, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see it. I'm not yet, but I'm trying to see it. Can we just? Elliot, you have to understand. This is just where are we going with this. This is thing? just me taking shots at Noah because we don't get to do this very often. What time is um, the match tomorrow, Elliot? Um, <laughs> that I'm curious about. Are you a midday match tomorrow? We're playing at three thirty. Okay. Yeah. And who do you guys have first round? Uh, we're playing Arizona. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Gritty, guys, gritty team. It'll be fun. Yeah. It is. And first time that they've been to national team indoors, which is actually a big deal. And I think it's really good to see some new faces um, within college tennis. And, and Elliot, I wanted to kind of end with this. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who might not necessarily be really in, engaged in, in the college tennis side. There's so much tennis around the world all the time. I want to ask you two final questions here. Um, number one, I mean, take yourself out, take your teammates out. Who is the most likely to be top 50 in college tennis within the next five years? And then, and then to wrap up, just if you were to summarize what makes college tennis great nowadays, what is it? I always use top 50. Top 50 is so tough. Top 50 is tough. That's why I make that's, that's a, that's a tough question. But again, take yourself out, take your teammates out. Ah, you're really going to make me take Michael yeah. Brazo out of the conversation. <laughs> I, listen, that, that is a guy who I, Bruce will vouch for it. When I saw you guys national team indoors uh, in Champaign a few years ago, I, I said to Bruce that day, I was just like, that's, 
that kid because you were I think you were still hurt at the time you were hurt at the time and not like full speed if I remember correctly but I was like yeah that hits the crap out of a forehand holy hell anyways go on uh yeah if I had to pick one guy top 50 oof that's difficult um you know I, I'm gonna that's so tough uh don't cop I, I would Come pan on. I I would pan it to you but I have two guys that I'm sort of thinking about and I'll, I'll mention both okay. um one being Chris Rodesh Mm-hmm. Um, because I've played him a couple times and he's he's taken the rack, the racket out of my hand and I think with his serve and the, his versatility on the baseline, he's he's got so much upside um, and he's also has a great head on his shoulders and, and he's a very nice kid and so I only want the best for him but um, I'll actually say Jake Fernley. Uh, he mm. him and I have had a ton of battles and. Uh, maybe this is an underrated take because um, he's just started to do very, very well in the in the Futures Tour. But uh, I, I've sort of, I guess, know know people that know him, and just by competing with him, he's got he's got an edge to him, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he he works as hard as anyone I've seen. And I think uh, I, I would take his mentality and work ethic and and belief. Um, and he's got a, you know, he's got a huge serve and a huge game, uh, and I think he's he can he can have the tools to to make it as a pro. So, aside from my teammates, um, <laughs> I, I could see I could see Jake and and Chris doing some real damage on the circuit. Who's your one pick, Mike? Take Texas out of it. Yeah, <laughs> Johannes Monday. I'm, Tennessee. I'm not, I'm not arguing against that. I'm gonna. I, guess. I I trained. Um, I'll, t- I'll throw mine in just because he has something unique that I haven't seen from a lot of guys. He's got to he's got to work physically, but the ball striking of Nishesh yeah, is, yeah, of course, is like super unique. You know, like the contact that he makes, and and there's a lot that has to be done there. But if he could put a few things together, stay sneaky. healthy. Yeah, stay yeah. Healthy, physical. I mean, there's a lot of physical stuff I mean, he has to work on. Elliot, but, you know that better than anybody. I mean, if you're able to stay healthy, it's different story all the time. Yeah, how, yeah, we'll end on this. How's the how's the body feeling right now? Where are we at fully? Good. I actually had yeah. a great match. I had a great match against the chest a couple of weeks ago. He, I, I agree. His timing and the way yeah. the ball comes off his racket because of how loose he is and how good his hands are is something special. So that's that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, the the body feels great, and it's it's funny. I, I walk in the training room, and it's just like part of my routine every morning. I walk in the training room. And some recently I'm like, what do we do? Like, what do I don't know what to work on, but I, I just have to be here. Like, this is, this is where, your life. Yeah. This is where I've shown up every single day for the last three years, unfortunately, but also like we have amazing trainers here at Texas. So it's been great. Um, but yeah, the wrists, the wrists are good. And uh, that's sort of the constant battle. Some weeks are better than others. Um, you know, some days it hurts for 10 minutes in the warm up, and, uh, and then it's fine. And uh, some days it doesn't. So, I think I'll probably be managing the risk for the rest of my career, but yeah. right now and throughout this season, it's been it's been really healthy, and so I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed for that because uh, it was a, a long journey trying to figure these both these risks out. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, the team's the team's in good shape, and we're we're excited. Well, sadly, you have no choice but to see Mike tomorrow. Yes. I will <laughs> I will sneak by maybe at the end. I'm gonna see see Wake as well. 
Um, but I'm excited. I, I miss like the college tennis atmosphere. Like we haven't had it it's in fun. a minute. So yeah. I mean, it's annoying to hear Mike's voice in the background. Yeah, well, you but, don't have to yeah. listen. You, there, you can watch in person, so you don't have to okay. listen to me. Okay. It's fine, that's okay? Fine. That's great. Listen, okay. Elliot, as a result of being our guest this week, you will be receiving this incredible box of Thin Mint cookies <laughs> uh, from, from the Girl Scouts, which I will deliver to you. Uh, but thank you very much for being our guest on the Behind the Racket podcast this week. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I've listened to many episodes, and you guys do a terrific job. So thank you. What? Thank you for what you do for college tennis, and uh, I'm excited to see you guys out there in the next few days. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday, and don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.